It's February 18th, 2011. I'm Michael Benedetti. This is Brendan Mellican, and we are here on 508, a television show about Worcester, also an internet podcast. Also about Worcester. Also about what? A podcast also about Worcester. Today on the show, we have various topics, including census stuff, snow throwers, red shoes, Valentine's Day, resilient communities, the in-city times, Worcester slogans... Um, and a Zamboni accident. We're going to talk about the Zamboni accident today, Brendan Mellican. What's on your radar this week? What is important? I'm doing my Hank Stoltz voice. Brendan Mellican, you are, what is important to you this week? You're on my radar, Mike, and whatever you have uh, for a list of topics there. That's what's important to me. All right, I'm glad to hear that. Well, I, I, want, to t- I want to talk about the shoes first. There it is. It's really nice shoes. These are awesome shoes. So here's what here's what happened. Um, I, on Valentine's Day, I oftentimes end up at events that I never expected to end up at, and uh, this time for Valentine's Day, I went to a like a like a like a like a dinner and dancing run by as uh, was was a fundraiser for an organization called Fairbridge in okay. Worcester. Do you know you ever hear of Fairbridge? I know they have kind of a kind of an anonymous sounding name. They are. What do they do? They do stuff in the African immigrant community in Worcester. Okay. Also the African American community in Worcester. A lot of stuff around AIDS awareness, different okay. programs, different things. And they had a raffle at their event. Everybody, by the way, there were a ton of African immigrants at the thing, so people were just dressed like awesome. One of the best, the best dressed aspects of our community. <clears throat> I think so. I think so. And I people people will yell at me for making for making a. a Blanket statements like Africans dress well because Africa is a gigantic continent, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like saying people in the Western Hemisphere dress well. Um, but these these Africans dressed well, and the the few Americans who were there, or the many Americans I should say who were there, also dressed pretty nice. It was a nice, classy event, and I won these in a raffle. Did they just happen to fit? They did just happen to fit. They actually these are like sp- supposedly size seven, and my feet are closer to a size nine, but they have. They're, like they're not a regular shoe. Tuck your toes in a little bit. They can squeeze them up there. It's kind of an incredible thing. It's It'd be nice if they if they had like sort of a like maybe a Velcro add-on. They could go full cowboy boot with them too, because it is kind of just like a low-cut cowboy boot. It's a sweet shoe. It's a sweet shoe. I was told it was a, a, a somebody somebody suggested it had something to do with Nigeria. I don't know. I shouldn't talk about Africa anymore. I'm just going to get in more and more more and more trouble making dumber and dumber statements. <laughs> Snow thrower. This is probably the big, the big news of the whole winter. It's actually, the only news of the whole winter, other than the snow that made the snow the snow thrower necessary. Let's look at the snow thrower. Okay, so Brendan, what we've we've just looked at this amazing piece of equipment. Are we still looking at it? No, we've we've done. We've done. Um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's just an impressive thing. We came across it just by chance driving down Park Avenue, but seeing it from a distance, I mean, it, it actually throws snow, right? I mean, it, it was hurling this stuff, like, across Elm Park, these giant chunks of ice that were, like, buckling, you know, 200-year-old oak trees and what have you. You could see all the panhandlers down at Elm, you know, the corner of Park and Highland just running for their lives as this thing came barreling down the street. It's an impressive thing, and it's doing an incredible job, right? I mean, of course, it can't be everywhere and clean all the streets at once, but in terms of getting some of the main through through pairs widened, Main Street, Park Ave, uh, this is probably the only way to do it, short of a flamethrower. It does two interesting things to the snow. One is that it sort of cuts the it sort of cuts the bank really the <coughs> snow bank really sharply, mm -hmm. so you see like the different layers of snow and slush and whatever that have built up because it's just sort of cut through like the Grand Canyon or something. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is that it leaves sort of a, a slick of slush behind and depending on what comes behind it, there may be like kind of like a little flood plain of like yeah. hardened slush, maybe about this thick. It's like I know a that secondary curb. It's kind of, yeah, it's very interesting. Depending, you know, if cars drive through it, that, that will get dispersed. But if cars don't drive through it, through that particular part of the street, will just harden back into an interesting little thing, which the I guess other, the plows will take out. But. The other interesting byproduct is, like, all the rubble, like the snow rubble that it leaves behind. So the first few cars to drive behind this thing are mm -hmm. going to hit boulder-sized chunks of ice, mm -hmm. which, I mean, there's it's not necessarily a downside, right? I mean, well, it is a downside. You're hitting a boulder. It depends on how you feel about your car. It could be right. pretty sweet. But there's, I can't imagine there's much you can actually do about it because this this thing is just so big. But, uh, yeah, it, it's quite the thing, the way it manhandles uh, you know, pieces of ice. Well, I love it. I love it. I, I love it. I love it. People, you know. Welcome to the Worcester family, giant snow thrower. I'm happy to see any city budget item cut in favor of adding another couple of these. Yeah, giant machinery. I mean, we could rent, the, I, yeah, <clears throat> rent these things out for, uh, you know, kids' birthday parties and whatnot. Like any, any extra money we can spend on absurd pieces of machinery, bring it on. What could we do with this that we could run it during the summer months also? Yeah, I think kids would like it. I think kids, if you could get get kids to take it for a ride around. Like a, like a ball pit. Kind of like, just like get yeah, a ton of ping pong balls. To, um, yeah, like a, a coast pond or something and just let the kids throw sand with it or something. There you go. Oh, man. Yeah, fantastic. Leaves the fall. This could be how we would start off, like, Worcester's, like, sandcastle-making contest, right? We would make <laughs> giant piles of sand with this, and then the kids could come in and make giant life-size sandcastles that they could, yeah. It's incredible. There's it's a money-making inc opportunity It's here. an incredible thing. People love the snow thrower. I love the snow thrower. Um, let's, let's, okay, oh, uh, let's do a couple of real things. Jack Stewart, uh emailed to say that people should fill out their city street census. This is basically just the city confirming where you live. Mm -hmm. Have they? Have you been mailed this thing recently? I did get mailed this, yes. Okay. I never check the mail, so I never know about these things that involve the postal mail. Um, and uh, you can actually do this form online. If you look at this and you're like, I'm not going to fill out a form, what is this, the 19th century? You can do this form online. We'll put a link in the show notes. <clears throat> you, go to the, you go to the city's website, and they used to make it the link very obvious because they would have a little yellow mailbox. Yeah. But they don't have the yellow mailbox picture this year. Once we got into the yellow box debacle sort of thing, where we had the oh. yellow boxes that were for needle, uh, you know, disposal. That people thought it was maybe for that. It just got confusing. You can only have so many yellow boxes before things, the systems start to break down. <laughs> what is it with the color yellow and the shape of a box? That yeah, I mean, this is a census thing, right? I mean, it's pick a color. The purple box, right? I mean, it could be just about anything. Anyways, people yeah. can fill that out on the city's website, and we will link to that if you go to pieandcoffee.org or wrcstr.com. We will have a link to that 
Yeah, and this thing. is huge too. This is one of those things that is easy to ignore because we just finished, you know, a federal census and whatnot, and mm-hmm. all of the giant conspiracies that go along with the federal census process. Mm-hmm. But you know, in terms of um, you know street and sidewalk repair, uh, you know, even just the, the data that the election commission has on hand to make sure that our elections are run properly and whatnot. I mean, the city actually needs this data quite a bit, so it's not something just to brush off because of the stupid, stupid yellow box. Unless you want the city to ignore your neighborhood. Uh, some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> Um, what do we got on the list also? Uh, well, let's recap a couple. Th- uh, actually, let's look at the NCD Times because this will involve us recapping. This is, this is going back to our old feature we used to do before the NCD Times had a website, which is what's in the NCD Times this week. We're not going to go through all the details because people who, because I mean, there's people who used to live in Worcester who were always curious about what's in the NCD Times, and they would actually, I talked to them, they would actually watch the show to find out what was in the NCD Times that week. We got a couple things. Uh, in this week's issue, we have a pretty angry article about the whole Goddard School testing irregularity scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it's really not a great article. It's not really, you know, like, it's not, a, I don't think it's an intellectually honest article because it doesn't really address, it, it, it misstates the arguments of the other side, right. which is what I mean by intellectually dishonest, sure. which is, so it's not helpful from that point of view. And people would say, well, really what I just want to see is a mean article. That's why I'm reading the NCD Times. <laughs> but if you, I feel like since the Telegram and Gazette like, sort of re- has reformatted their, com- their comment section mm-hmm. such that there's fewer comments and they're just visually easier to read mm-hmm. and see and distinguish on the screen, those are like way meaner than this article. And the bar of entry is a little bit higher, too, so they tend to make a little bit of sense. Like Even though I might not agree with the comments on the Telegram, they tend to actually be like well-thought-out ideas or... Or at least the beginning of a well-fleshed-out idea. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you want to read, a, if you want to read something talking about how Diana Biancaria or Tracy Novick or Brian O'Connell are, um, is it Brian O'Connell or Brian O'Connell? Okay. We're, we're educated journalists here. If you want to read an article about how they are from the devil, you should read in, the uh, TNG comments more than this. The other thing that they have in here is, uh, although online, uh, Rosalie Terrell, in her, in her, like one of her four or five follow-up articles to this called Gary Rosen a dildo. Was it just a little dildo, though? I don't know. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I spoke to Gary myself, and I think Gary pointed out that it was, she didn't, he wasn't just called a dildo. He was called a little dildo. And it's like, geez, if you've been relegated to a sex toy and you can't even be a giant dildo, I mean, that's... that's well, he's not that tall. But he's not, but, I mean, come on. Give, he's, he's been I think an active participant in the community for years now. I mean, can we give him a little bit of credit and get called he's, a big dildo? He's always being, he's always being dismissed think, as just a pretty boy, as just a sex object. And this is just another case of people just, just seeing the surface and not knowing Gary Rosen has a soul. Gary Rosen has a mind, you know? Yeah. Gary Rosen is not and just feelings. a piece of meat. And he does have feelings. People, get it together. Go anyway. Go a car or something. What? So go key a hey, car. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, so, um, uh, oh, but there's this article about the, there's three articles about the PIP closing, and we talked a couple weeks ago about how I was very interested to talk to people from the neighborhood more about how the PIP closure is going, because I'm a little skeptical that it's going to go well, but I hope that it does go well. We have three articles, one's by Ronald L. O'Claire, who is a, if I remember correctly from past articles, property manager who lives right by the PIP. Um, he wrote this article just on like the day that it was closing. So he's this is mostly his memories of the PIP and thoughts about the PIP, but it doesn't really address the issue of um, did it actually ha- you know have things calmed down in recent months and then since the closure had things calmed down. My my completely unscientific anecdotal thing from wandering past the PIP 
site a few times a week is that yeah like there's way less like random dudes hanging out mm -hmm. on the street which is probably good for the neighborhood um and hopefully there's an article I, I believe it was in today's telegram i think it was the telegram about uh you know a, a perceived uh increase in um youth homelessness yeah i mean like i didn't weren't we just talking two weeks ago how this the city just conquered homelessness and it's no longer a problem in worcester we have Just this all figured today. out everybody has a home and then the kids come along and screw everything up no but i mean it's there, there seems to be a bigger issue at play here where um you know we're, we're referring we're calling homelessness something and even though there are people that still remain homeless we're not acknowledging them because somehow we've redefined what homelessness is homelessness is an interesting thing it's, it's the definitions are actually really important because like obviously like some people are housed but are homeless right like if right. you're in a shelter mm -hmm. you're you do have a roof over your head you're not sleeping what are they what do they say in england sleeping rough sleeping rough on being on the street right and you get a lot of homeless people who if you put pressure on them will move in with friends or relatives right mm -hmm. like if you kick them out of the shelter there and they'll do that which may or may not be a good idea <laughs> like a lot of times it's like oh you know i've been staying with my uncle but he's like drinking and doing crack all the time and it's just getting me back right. on that and so i'm trying to move out and now i'm like looking for a shelter and whatever but then if you kick him out of the shelter like well i'll go back and live with my uncle but it's just a recipe for relapse and problems and whatever it so. just seems that maybe someone on one side of this issue maybe be maybe uh towing the line of disingenuous if we uh, are celebrating the end of homelessness in Worcester and at the same time we're writing news stories about uh, statistics showing an increase in youth homelessness. This is something we should look at. This is honestly something, yeah, again, that we should look at in a couple months. Um, Peter, Peter Stefan, who runs the Grand Putnam and Mahoney Funeral Home, an awesome, awesome, awesome guy. He was on the PIP board for a long time. Um, he has one where he's just sort of pr brings up some of his concerns about the closure. This is, again, like not a this has happened, but more of a worry. Actually, my favorite one is from Barbara Haller, the, the city councilor from that district. And she brings up three issues with the neighborhood. And she actually does a good job. Like, I'm very impressed here. She brings up the public safety issue. And she says that what, what they need for, to, fi to fix public safety in the issue is partially, you know, police. She says the Worcester Police Department to break the back of the drug trafficking, prostitution, fencing stolen goods, which are, and fencing stolen goods, which are now embedded in the area. She brings up that um, people have attempted to create crime watch groups in the neighborhood, and it's never really come together. And now is the time to make it come together. So I really like that kind of like historical perspective of like this is what we need to do. It has never happened, but we're going to make it happen. We're I gonna... have had a, a bit of a change of heart on uh, Councilor Harler over the last. Uh year and a half year two years or so or mm -hmm. you know it used to be we used to joke all the time the show it was like it seemed like the, the theme was always you know kick down doors swat teams and whatnot that's what's going to fix uh, you know main south or any issues within her district and it seems as though her tone has changed quite a bit that you know it's going to be more of like you're saying with the crime watch things more of an actual community effort you know so, some responsibility of the neighborhood as a whole not just bringing in outside armies to uh, to tackle all of our problems and push everybody out of the area but actually deal with the neighborhood as a as a sort of unified force. The other thing she brings up is um, reinvestment that a business, she wants, um, the assumption here I guess is that there's not really a strong business association in the neighborhood either and that that would also be really good as far as getting the neighborhood, um, that, that neighborhood revamped and getting some investment into that neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, so that's I the one this, the Chandler Street group had, you know, also in her district, but the Chandler Street, Street Business Association, which in a way almost functions as a parallel to uh, CDCs and whatnot, they seem to, do seem to be a really positive force in that Chandler Street corridor. You know, they're, they're taking a lot of the, the funds that are available and putting them to um, making sure businesses are, have, uh, you know, new facades and what have you, 
but they're also uh, actively engaged in the political side of that that neighborhood, making sure that any resources that are there are, are available to them as a group and what have you. Yeah, I mean, the, nothing nothing can actually hurt by bringing together folks that have a vested interest in the, the neighborhood on the business side as well as the residential side. So also we have uh, John Monfredo, school committee member in here, writing, <coughs> writing an article, and I think he's actually written a second article on the NC Times website going on about this Goddard school testing irregularities thing. And the amazing can thing we just call it cheating? I would call it cheating, sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it the, seems to it's, fit the definition pretty well. I, it's definitely cheating. Okay, so, or it seems, at least it appears to be cheating. All the details, who knows? Um, They're redacted. So. They are all redacted. <laughs> I guess my, uh, here's what is interesting to me, Brendan, is I feel like there's never anything school-wise that's interesting. It's always something to do with, like, a budget or children mm-hmm. learning or something super boring like that. Like, this is an issue, like, not only is this an issue which has, you know, been divisive on the school committee and kind of a big deal, but... People, it's like become super personal. It's like, I mean, there were, there were these two articles again that we talked about last week in the TNG, which were basically about school committee members uh, uh, saying <laughs> of each other, you know, it's not that we disagree on the uh, merits of an investigation or not. It's that you are a bad person for disagreeing right. with me. This is why you disagree with me, not because you have a different opinion or a different perspective, but because you are fundamentally uh, a bad and craven person. Yeah, and I mean, I think this is a great example of where. Uh, within the school, you definitely have people in this community who are, care about nothing more than education. And their concern here is not, um, it has nothing to do with race, it has nothing to do with socioeconomics, or in, in a way, I guess on a high level, it has everything to do with, with both of those issues, but that's not what the people that are being critical of, of the, what happened at Goddard School are focused on. I, it seems like the, the high level argument here is like we've got a school that appears to be doing really well, and the parents are being told that you know the improvements are coming uh, from somewhere, right? And then the, the standard that's used to judge performance and what have you, uh, it seems like that test was, well, it doesn't count, right? I mean, the state right. threw it out and for, for seemingly good reasons, which, you know, that's where the parents over there should be calling into question, like, what, are our kids actually improving the way the city is telling us that they're improving? If their tests don't even count in the eyes of the state, like, somebody should be calling in question where the improvements are actually coming from. It seems like the parents, though, who, like, have spoken up publicly about this have basically been, like, we're not really concerned about the details of this cheating. Like, this feels like a distraction to us, or this feels like this is going to uh, make our school look bad or our principal look bad if we And that's, it seems to miss the point entirely. It. What it's going to make look bad are, uh, you know, a handful of, of test proctors. We still don't even know if they're teachers or people who were brought in from the outside. We have no idea who they are. It wasn't me. It wasn't. It, I'll we, go on the We record. know it wasn't Mike, and it probably wasn't me. I always don't remember being there. But, you know, I mean, nobody's trying to make a school look bad, make teachers look bad, make the superintendent look bad. What they're trying to do is figure out what went wrong with a test that a, a sizable portion of the population uh, claims is one of the most important aspects of contemporary education. And if that test is so important, we shouldn't be able to just cast one a whole year's worth of data aside uh, because of testing irregularities, right? And we should get the bo- to the bottom of what actually went wrong. And you know, it, it seems hard to believe that parents who are truly concerned about their kids' education would be so willing to cast aside something that they deem so important uh, that we essentially have to frame all of contemporary education around this one test. Well, but what do I know? What do you know? <laughs> Just a guy next to a really hot stove. There you go. Here it is. Um, I'm going to talk about co-working briefly. Nobody has come forward. I actually have worked now in an informal co-working scenario in Western. Nobody has come forward to say that they're going to actually build a co-working set up a co-working for me though professionally so we'll see how it goes I actually got a postcard here from uh, from Finland I'm going to read this postcard hi Mike we have a co-working space here in the city center of Helsinki 
hosted by the city library. There's much talk about how it would help the city's marginalized communities, as similar spaces are said to do in places like New York City. But we're still skeptical, though we keep an open mind about such things. I'd never have heard, actually, about co-working. Wait a second. Uh, is this just a random postcard you get from Finland, or this is this is someone a, who used to live in Worcester and watches the show? This is, so, this is, a, this is a, a good friend of mine in okay. Finland who watches the show and who okay. decides to... <laughs> You're not just getting... Because I don't get any fan mail from foreign countries I just, as a result of the show. If you were getting just random postcards from viewers in Finland, I was going to be really jealous and maybe just storm off. I just, I just love the idea that, you know, this person is watching the show via the Internet and then comments via the, the mail. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the other thing we should probably talk about is resilient communities, and we should also talk about the shark's mascot being hit by the Zamboni. You know, how did the resilient communities meeting go? It went really well. It was a good crowd of people, both from uh, here in Worcester, uh, and a, a handful of folks that came both out of the area, adjacent communities, Holden, Sterling, what have you, uh, and then a few people that have uh, experience with transition um, movements in other communities. There's two people from Somerville that came in where uh, their, their process has been, been underway for quite some time now, so had some good insight into how all of this can come together on the long term. But I mean, it was the first meeting of the group, and it was really a lot of bouncing ideas off the wall, wall seeing what sticks sort of thing. Um, start again next month and see what comes together. Good deal, good deal. Yeah, now Joe did a really good job of putting that together, and thanks for being on the show last week. Hey, thanks, Joe. Want to talk about uh, an athletic cover-up in the city? A couple weeks ago on a an Friday, an actual—I don't know if it's actually a, a cover-up. A couple weeks ago, I went to—I uh, went to a uh, Sharks game. This is our minor league hockey team. You correct? You know something about hockey, right? I know nothing about All hockey. All right, you should correct me if I get something wrong. Um, I went to Sharks game, and they were—oh man, who were they playing? Hartford, maybe. I don't know. Brockton, another hockey team. New Haven. Um, <laughs> Based on viewing of minor league sports in Worcester, I'm convinced that we only play teams from Brockton. <laughs> I mean, I, so I don't even—I know nothing about the teams that are in this league. I just as always assume that if it's a minor league sports team, it's going to be a team from Brockton. So they, so they, they're playing. So they're playing the game, and you know the Zamboni comes out, and I guess people don't, not everybody knows the Zamboni. My my date had never been to a hockey game before. Didn't even know what the Zamboni was. This is the machine that like cleans the ice, redoes the surface of the ice. It's a fantastic device. It's kind of almost as awesome as that snow thrower in a really low-key way. We're just so used to them that we've been desensitized to the awesomeness of, of the Zamboni. Yeah, it's pretty good. So anyway, so the Zam so so the, the the sharks have a mascot whose name is Fins with a Z, and he's a shark, and it's you know it's a it's a guy in like a big foam shark suit, running around you know playing with kids and stuff, and the Zamboni like, basically the Zamboni hits this guy. It hits the mascot. This is not in the paper. I'm telling you, I think this is Sharks management, DCU management, TNG editorial page people get together in a room and say, we're going to bury it. They put him on a plane, and he was for sale in a Tokyo uh, fish warehouse uh, within 24 hours. I'm here to tell you what happened. I'm here to tell you what happened, Brendan Mellican, which is, I, I, don't, I, need, I feel like I need a toy car to show what happens. His foot, his foot, his like, his, like giant foam sneaker thing, Gets caught in the uh, gets caught in like between the wheel and the wheel well. Like he gets sucked up by the back wheel of the zamboni. He's like laying on the ground. I think he's laying on his face, laying on the ground with his foot caught between the tire and the and the wheel well. Other thing, and they stop the zamboni, and everything is silent. And then 
they get us put out of there and things continue. Did he get an applause from the audience as he walked off the ice? Oh, I forget now. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a good thing that Zambonis move about the speed of your average land tur tortoise. So, I mean, he probably could have just kind of stood up and wrenched his foot. Technically, like he was getting dragged around by a NASCAR. Uh, technically not a high-speed impact, but still. Something we should talk about. It's not something that should just be brushed under the ice. We need to talk about this as a community, Brendan Mulligan. Well, because, you know, th this is something that's important. We're going to have public skating uh, down in the common next next winter, presumably, and we're going to have a lot more personal interactions with uh, Zambonis. Uh, are they going to have a Zamboni, or how are they going to review the ice? Well, I, I don't know. I assume they have a Zamboni. They have a, a small Zamboni on um, the, uh, what is it, the Boston Common for their skating. Do they there. really? That's going to be a plum job when that comes up, the, the, Wor the official Worcester Zamboni driver. Is this going to like a my application? Is this, like, is this like a little golf cart size Zamboni, or is this yeah, like no, the big it, time? It's actually the, the Zambonis that I've seen on some outdoor rinks like that, like the one that Boston has, is probably smaller than our snow thrower. Yeah. Our simple snow thrower is gigantic, so almost anything, even the regular Zambonis. Yeah, I mean, Zamboni technology has improved over the ages, so I mean, yeah, they've gotten smaller. It's more efficient. So we're gonna we're gonna look at the uh, Nexus S, which we did we talked about last week. We didn't see this is the uh, a Google branded cell phone. Oh look at that! You can here's a reflection. You can actually see the camera for a rare time on the show. This is a uh, this is a, a an unlocked Nexus S. So we're going to be reading this. This is a comment on uh, this week's Worcester Magazine cover. This is a, a Facebook comment from Cha Cha Connor, who's my Facebook friend and sometimes panelist on this show. And Cha Cha said it was cool to read this comment, so I want to read this comment. Worcester Magazine, what were you thinking today? Write an article on reproductive rights and choose as a cover image literally a woman's body, a woman's belly, without even a head. Reproductive rights are about women being allowed to be equal human beings, not state-mandated gestational units, but you decided to represent us as just potentially pregnant bellies. The message sent by that photo was unhelpful. I just want to present that perspective, because I thought that was... That was an interesting reaction to this photo of Worcester Magazine. People, you know, I feel like people always complain about the cover of this. When people want to complain about Worcester Magazine, myself included, mm -hmm. this the, the cover is like shorthand for the paper. I Like like the TNG, if you want to complain about the TNG, the quickest way is to go after the editorial page. Sure. Because it sort of is a reflection of... Because they don't really have a cover. Right? I mean, they don't really have a cover well, story. But, yeah. Right. The front page of the Telegram Gazette is not... I would actually go after the cover because I would go after the... Uh, the lying poll that they put on the front cover of every issue. You're but just that kind of guy. Most people don't care about statistics and journalistic integrity, so they mm -hmm. don't care about that poll. But I do. Anyway, but people, the TNG people, it's always like, it's always like, oh, there's never anybody who's black on the cover, or oh, it's the covers this, or oh, the covers that. My again, my own criticisms included. I just thought that was interesting to focus on the cover of the issue. Brendan Mellican, what else do we have for you to talk about today? What what else is on your mind today? You well, keep I, looking out the window. Yeah, no, I, I think I parked in the little roundabout across the street here, and I think my own child's school bus is kind of stuck in, uh, they, they pass by, but I think they usually use that to turn around, so I, I think oh, my no. kid just got taken off to hold it in somewhere. By the way, did you did you see on Twitter this week this, like, was Massachusetts town slogan? I did, thing? yes, yes. I but had to say... Bernstein was uh, playing with that over at the Phoenix. Yeah. I had to say, here's, so here's my favorite one. It was my Michael Brazell, Worcester... Diversity when you need it, Holden when you don't. <laughs> I just like it because it's a big diss on Holden. Yeah. Well, everything is kind of a big diss on Holden. Holden mm. is a big diss on Holden. The, well, what else do we have? We talked about street census, transport. I have something written down here about transport <coughs> plan. Oh, there's this thing about the transport plan, but I didn't read. There's like I didn't these. Re they're doing some sort of report about 
potentially making the city either car friendly or bike friendly or pedestrian friendly. Let me just work on friendly. For what? Friendly in some aspects. Some sort of friendly, other than a smiley face. Trying to deal with one of our problems. A leering smiley face. I have a transportation uh, thing for you. This is a personal experience. I don't know if it counts. It's anecdotal. But um, so uh, the other night there was a the other day there was a big water main break on Belmont Street. uh, Huge water main break. A lot of diversion of traffic and what have you. Construction up there all day. On the way into Worcester, rush hour, right at rush hour, coming in from the Shrewsbury side up Belmont Street over by Belpond, mm-hmm. um, there was a detour set up that the detour sent you off into like the neighborhood of like uh, where Rodney Street is, Everard Street, all those side streets that come off of like right across from Belmont Elementary School. Okay. But there was no police officer manning the detail. Mm-hmm. So what you have to you have to picture this like mile long chain of traffic all heading to the west side, right? Mm-hmm. Of people just snaking their way up and down <laughs> these poorly plowed roads of like again Everard Street, Rodney Street, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that a lot of folks from the west side, uh, unfortunately, have not been in that neighborhood in a long, long time. I tend to get up there every once in a while, what have you, so kind of knew my way out of the neighborhood because it's a very confusing neighborhood to get into. Okay. Uh, oftentimes, a left-hand turn will require, like, three right-hand turns, you know, to get out of, and you end up right back where you started. Mm-hmm. It was just an amazing thing to watch that, you know, you had a couple hundred cars just bumper to bumper on streets that really hadn't been plowed at all and were only wide enough for one lane of traffic. And all of these folks just snaking up and down this neighborhood for, well, I was in there for roughly an hour. Nothing much else to offer. It was just one of those things that, uh, you know, the police department was right across the street. Would have been nice if they sent somebody out, you know, to man a detail and maybe tell people where they should have gone. Did people get through it okay, though? Um, most of the people that I, I was, was watching had no idea what was going on. I, I definitely saw the same car more than once, uh, you know, going either one direction or the other direction in the same neighborhood. So now, mm. there could be people still stuck up there for all I know. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for watching the show. You can email us at pieandcoffee at gmail.com. We're going to do, I think we have we have some good, exciting stuff coming up in coming weeks, so you should still watch the show even if you hated today's episode. Uh, what is coming up this weekend? There's a distant castle anniversary party this weekend being held over at Forbes Street. I don't know what else this weekend. Nothing. Nothing, man. Nothing. All right, guys. Well, Stay true to your school. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This just in. Mac Mac Daddy competition, a vegan mac and cheese cook-off. Next week, Saturday, February 26th at 5.30 at the Firehouse. More info on Veg Worcester. Here's the sweet prize.